G'day and welcome back to another episode of the Beyond the Fence podcast where today we are talking all about the Australian boomers and for that I have a very special guest. He knows all about boomers. It's Steve Smith from ESPN, mate. How are you? How did you get this number, Ben? Seriously. Uh, oh, no, he's on to me. Um, no, thanks for coming on. Um, how, how you no, doing? My pleasure, mate. Yeah, I'm good. Yourself? Looking forward to a bit of a chat about the boomers. Yes. About half an hour later because I slept through all my alarms, but it's okay, we moved. <laughs> um, so obviously announced yesterday, uh, we'll just quickly read through it. There are a few like, locks and obvious ones. Um, Paddy Mills, Delhi, Joe Ingalls, Baines, uh, Matisse Thibel, obviously didn't get corrupted by Ben Simmons and he corrupted the squad. Dante Exum, Josh Green, Landale, Chris Golding, Nick Cage, Chris Wop, Reef, and Nathan Sobey. And so I guess news started filtering through of the guys that were, I guess, withdrawing on their own accord. So obviously Ben Simmons, but then also Isaac Humphreys and Ryan Brockoff. The squad itself became fairly easy to pick, would you say? Yeah, look, I think there's a couple of surprises. Um, and I think the, the main surprise is, is Josh Giddy not making that final 12. And I think, you know, we, we can go into that a bit later, but I think that's the biggest shock given his, you know, he's going to be a lottery pick most likely. And I think you, 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 would, ex- you would have expected that he would have gone just to even, he might not have played a lot of minutes, but to soak up that famous boomers culture so that it continues, you know, once, because let's be honest, this is probably the last time that the core group of Mills, Delhi, Ingalls, Baines, this is the last time that core group is going to be central to our metal hope. So maybe... I think the general thinking was there was some surprise at Giddy not going because he would have been able to soak up that culture and, and continue it uh, over the next few Olympics. You do say that. You do say that. And I agree. I think, you know, especially if he's going through this draft process and he is still willing to take that trip, it's like that 12th man plays like five minutes all tournament. So, like, there's no real harm in carrying that extra young guy. My biggest surprise was actually the exclusion of Brock Modem just personally after what he's done in Europe the last few years and having, um, you know, bringing Joe Reef instead. Yeah, I think, you know, there was some, I, I, I tend to agree on that thinking because I think the, the one thing that the boomers are going to have some depth problems in is, is in bigs and he can stretch the floor for you as well. He, he's got legitimate three point range. And I, I thought it, I thought he was right on the bubble and I was a little bit surprised that he didn't make it as well. And I, well, it'll remain, remains to be seen how, how Jop Reith goes, but from all accounts, he, he had a good camp. Uh, he's got a big frame. He's six foot 11. So maybe they're thinking that the inside size that he provides is, is more than what they need from, from modem. Yeah. I, I just thought like, especially, I guess Isaac Humphrey's withdrawing probably, helped yeah. Reith's case as well that um and that was disappointing I guess he's recovering from injury still but I thought he was a real chance to play some big minutes and really impress on the Olympic stage but to me this squad doesn't really have tremendous shooting outside of like you know Mills and I guess Golding and uh, Joe Ingalls really so Brock Modem has that three level scoring potential that's why I thought he was I don't want to say a lock to make the squad but he was definitely one of my you know, up their selections. And I was very yeah. surprised when I saw that news filter through that he was only a replacement. 
yeah, same. Uh, but I, look, I, I like the overall mix of the squad. You know, there's plenty of experience. There's seven first timers as well. So, and it's there's some there's some veteran experience, and I quite like the youth that they've brought on board. Like they've got some young athletic wings that are. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they go in, in at, at international level. Yeah, so there are seven um, Olympic debutants in there. Um, Matisse Thibel, obviously, Dante Exum, Josh Green, Landale, Nick Kay, Reith, and Sobey. This is as much a squad that's going to contend for, like, you know, the next two or three Olympics. Um, obviously, yeah. Yeah. that core group is going to start filtering out. And, but yeah, there's a chance that a couple of them might play on into the next Olympics, but they will all be in their mid to late 30s by then. Um, but in that respect, it is a squad looking for the future, and I am really excited for it. I'm really excited, obviously. I think everyone is to see how Fievel goes. Because um, I think the one thing that Australia have really missed um, over the last 10 years is just that raw athlete. They've never really had someone known as, like, that lockdown defender. Like, they've got guys that are just pests and irritants, but there's a difference in being that, like Delhi is, and then actually having the ability to guard like all positions and especially in Thebable where it's a lot more space and there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot smaller, like there's not as much yeah. size as you go up against in the NBA. So I'm, I'm really keen to see, like, especially with Bible Exum and Josh Green as like that wing defensive duo. I think that's been the one thing Australia's lacked. So that's going to be really yeah. interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, look, I think, and especially in close games in the closing minutes, I think, you know, that's a that's a lineup they can throw two of those guys out of out of Thibault, Green and Exum, throw two of them out there, and all of a sudden you've got some really suffocating wing defence, and that's not something that the Boomers have had a, a luxury of in, in previous tournaments. So I think they're going to be just crucial for, for late-game situations. And, look, honestly... Thibault, because of his versatility, you can see some lineups there where Gorgian throws him out at, at the four in a small ball lineup and and has Landale at the five. Like, and that's the sort of wrinkle that I think they haven't had been able to, you know, deploy previously. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what sort of havoc he can wreak. Yeah, absolutely. I guess on the flip side of that, um, and it's something that also plagued the boomers of the last Olympics is the rebounding and you look up and down yep. the squad and outside of, you know, and even Baines isn't really known as a rebounder. He's famously got iffy hands at the best of times. Is that going to be something that, you know, that's going to be the, uh, the Achilles heel of this squad again, I'd imagine. Yeah. I think like more than anything, they, they're really going to miss Andrew Bogut's, you know, just his nous, his, his defensive awareness, um, he's smart, you know, at both ends of the floor. So that's something where where Baines is definitely going to have to step up. And, you know, I think they're really going to need Landale to to probably step up. And Kay, Kay is an undersized four, but again, he's he's sneakily good on, on, on the board. So I think that's where the help comes from. But yeah, I, that, that's something. And given that Baines has not had a great NBA campaign with, um, with Toronto, I, I think he'll be looking for some for some redemption there, and I, I, I fully expect him to to really play well. Yeah, it wasn't there were reports, weren't there, that he felt like misused, like it wasn't the best fit for him in Toronto. So I think, yeah, if we're looking at the scale of Olympic, like the the Mount Rushmore, you know, Olympic Mellows up there, but then Olympic Baines is probably number two, 
because he just turns it on in the Olympics, especially playing in that space lineup with Delhi and Mills. Um, I did want to talk about Nick K though. Yep. I'm not his. I'm not his biggest fan. I think I'll put that out there. Um, I don't think anyone who knows me knows that. I was surprised to see him pick. Well, not surprised because I think he was always in the bubble anyway. Do you reckon the World Cup he had gave him some credit in the bank? Oh yeah, no, there was some there was some credit points there, and his his ability to just be a workhorse. I think you know every every squad needs somebody like a Nick K. He puts his body on the line, and yeah, the credit points help. Like you know, he he had a really really good World Cup to the to the point where people were speculating would, would an NBA team you know have a look at him. So and he from all accounts he was fine in in Europe this year. So I'm you know I'm I'm more than happy to have him in the twelve. I, I think he's. Like he's he's a straight four. There's there's not necessarily a lot of versatility there, but he gives everything he has. He puts his body on the line. And as I said, he's he's a sneakily good rebounder for his size. And Gorgian loves guys that can do that. So I, I think we'll see him used in a you know a variety of of sort of matchups. But it'll all be at the four spot. But he'll he'll provide just just some you know he he buys into that culture as well. And I think that's that that's part of it. Do you think it's fair to say then that Nick K is kind of like the he does everything that Brock Modem can do, maybe not to as high a level, but then he has the the intangible boost, which is I know a bit of a cliche statement, but you know, yeah, a little bit, yeah, a little bit, and I think he's probably a little more solid defensively. I think you know Modem for all his the way he can stretch the floor at the offensive end, he probably gives that back at the other end as well. Um, So and I'm. Yeah, look, the modem one, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit the same as you. And as we said, you know, I, I think it would have been really good to have to have had that that extra offensive punch uh, at the you know at the five spot from him. But you know, this is the way the coaches have gone, and that's that's their call, and, and we'll see how it pans out. Out of this, who do you think is the starting lineup? It'll be really interesting because from all accounts, Delhi, like Delhi didn't have a great NBA season. And from all, you know, from reports coming out of the camp was that he still wasn't at his best at camp, but I, I would, I would expect him to start in the backcourt with Mills. It'll be Ingalls, Baines and, and Thibel. I, I think that's the, that, that would be the consensus starting depending on matchups, but maybe Landale gets a look in there, but I, I think that would be the consensus starting five. So is that with Ingles as the four or Fievel as the four? I guess it doesn't really matter in Fievel as much, but no, I I probably I think it'll be Ingles at the four, but those two will just switch. Those two will be very interchangeable, I think. Yeah. So here's my thinking, and I I think it's a bit fair for you to say that Delhi had a poor NBA season, like really didn't really have an NBA season. He was out for so long. No, um, the concussion really knocked him around. Yeah, so in that respect, and I think Delhi over the last couple of years has is not slowed down, but he's definitely not been at his best. And yes, obviously the concussions and his shooting hasn't been what we know it can be. So in that respect, I'd almost have him because I look up and down the roster, and there's not really anyone else that I'm comfortable running a team. So I'd almost just have him as that sixth guy, and maybe elevate someone like. Um, Exum into the starting lineup 
to give that little bit more defense. Because um, I don't think Delhi is going to be having too much um, scoring punch, so to speak. But I mean, it's really, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. And I, I think yeah. that will lean towards that starting lineup because it is, it's just been the staple for so long now. Yeah, I think you, you, you go with it until it doesn't work. I, your point about Delhi's jump shot, you know, it, it's been non-existent for the best part of two years now, ever since, you know, he retooled it really. Like he had one really good shooting game at the World Cup and then it just, he didn't again. And it, that carried over into the NBA season. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about that. I, I won't lie. But I think, look, I, he, him coming off the bench could work as a, as a secondary playmaker. I think if you're going to elevate someone, it'll either be Exum or Green because, it, as you said, it gives you that defensive um, gives you a bit of a defensive boost. Um, they're both long and athletic as well. So that's another look that, that, and certainly it's something that Gorgian likes having. Like if you look at his Illawarra team this year and someone like Justin Simon, you know, it gives him the versatility at both ends of the court. So I, I, that may well be rolled out depending on who they're playing and, and the latest, in the latest stages of the tournament. Yeah, I don't think it'll be too much of a concern for them in the group stage. Um, and obviously, we still have to find out who that the rest of that group is through the European qualifiers. Um, but at least right now, I don't think Nigeria is going to give Gorgian too many headaches. Um, I just wanted to pivot back to the three replacement guys. So Giddy, we've spoken yep. about, um, obviously, both, I think, disappointed that he's not in there. Um, understandable given that they like don't want to rush guys, but at the same time, yes, he's going to not play. He's just going to watch and learn. And if that boomers culture really is as famous as they say, then surely they want to get him in there as soon as possible, especially if he's willing. Um, but Xavier Cooks is the other replacement guy that we haven't spoken about. How close do you reckon he was to actually making the 12? Look, I, th- Look, I think they're all that those three cuts were all really close. I think they were all really tight. I think Cooks is a little bit of a victim of how many long athletic wings do we want do we need? And so I think he you know, obviously Exxon had a good camp and he's fully healthy. But you know, touch wood, you know, nothing happens to, to Exxon. Should he get hurt? I think I think Cooks gets the first call up if if that's the case, depending on, you know, who gets hurt. But I think if, if a wing gets hurt, he's probably the first on the first in line, I, I think he would have gone really close. Yeah, I reckon if he'd also had the full NBL season, because remember he got hurt in like the first yeah. game or in the preseason, and then he only came back and played about five or six games right at the very end. Um, yep. But I know, look, he's another one of those athletic three, four guys, not much of an offensive threat, um, can work it inside of it, but he's definitely probably one of the better rebounders in the entire squad, especially at his size and just has that ability to move and defend. So I reckon if he had had that full NBA season, uh, sorry, NBL season, he might have legitimately got in as like a small ball five slash, you know, athletic four, depending on how much they really like someone like Reef. But yeah, I think that probably cost him. He's probably still a bit behind. Yeah. And look, I mean, look for me, the biggest... Not surprised. Like he had an amazing NBL season, but Nathan Sobey making the twelve, I honestly didn't see coming. And 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 full credit to him because I think he 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 had such a good NBL season where he was you know he was in the top three for for MVP voting, and he clearly carried that over into the camp. 
he was very, very good from all accounts. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what he can do at the international level now that he's in an Olympic squad. See, I'm glad you brought up so because I was going to get to him. I'm actually not surprised he made the squad. I thought, like, when I had to, when I had to, when I saw the 19-man camp and I looked up and down and I picked my 12 just whenever it was a month ago or so, I included him because I thought, A, he was in the best 12 based on the season he had. But also, part of my reasoning was, if you are going to peddle the NBL as this, like, legitimate pathway, you have to reward the best guys in it. And I think guys like Sovi and Humphreys, if he was, um, if he didn't pull out himself, would have been those picks. I was actually more surprised Golding made it than Sovi, but I guess that's also credits on the board, and he probably brought himself back with that finals performance. Yeah, Golding was pretty good over the second half of the season. I, 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 I wasn't remotely surprised that he made the squad. He's been a very good Boomers, you know, player over the journey, and I, they. They really needed someone with his range. So I think he was a lock from, from almost day one. Yeah, and I guess that's looking at the squad, it makes more sense now, like you said, because there's not much um, consistent deep shooting. So if they've got to get anyone who can scare the defense. Um, but no, back to my original point of like, yeah, rewarding that MBL yeah. pipeline and making it an attractive route. Like, do you think that's like a legitimate reason for selection for someone like Sobi? Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, we saw it previously, you know, under Lamanis, he was really big on, on rewarding, you know, veterans of both the Boomers program and maybe even teams that, you know, for players that played for his NBL team. But I, I think we're probably seeing, we're going to probably see less of that under Gorgian, but at the same time, you're right. He, he earned his spot. He was very, very good in the NBL all year. Just, upped his scoring dramatically, was a consistent offensive threat. So, uh, look, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, in terms of, you know, the NBL being a legitimate pipeline to, to Boomer's selection, I think Landale made the team as well. So it's, it's not like, you know, it's, it's not doable. So I think, you know, we're going to see more and more of this. It's, it's a team that, you know, as, you, as we've said, seven first-timers and two of those are out of the NBL. So that's... You know, I think that's that's about right. I think I think most of your team should either be coming from the NBA or or you know some of the better European leagues and a few NBL guys uh, in it as well. Sorry, there's three NBL guys because there's Golding as well. Yeah, I actually just totally missed Landau. I guess I still consider him a bit a level above the NBL. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I and look, I think you know. Going into next season, I'd, I'd be very surprised if, if Jock Landale's back in the NBL. He's got an opt-out, hasn't he? Yes. Or a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the blokes that pulled out, and we'll get to the elephant in a second. Um, but So Isaac Humphries and Brian Brockhoff, do they both make your 12? Uh. Yes, they probably would have. I, I, I think well, Brokoff would have been on the but. His NBL season wasn't great, but again, you know, credits in the bank. He probably would have made it because again, we need more shooting uh, from deep. So I think he would have made. It. And he's a sneakily good rebounder as well for his size. So Gorgian would have loved him for that. Um, Humphreys again, we needed size. He'd played so well before getting hurt uh, in the NBL that you know there was legitimate MVP talk for him. 
So he was going to, he was probably going to be right there as well. Um, and obviously, you know, Ben Simmons obviously would have made it. So, you know, there's, there's three, it, it would have been interesting to see who, who they would have cut for those three though. I think, you know, obviously Reith would have been in trouble, possibly Nick Kay, um, and maybe even Sobey. Yeah, I was just about to say it's all well and good to say they should have made it, but then again, at the same time, who do you take out? I was going to say those three as well. Um, yeah, yeah I, I I never really thought Brokoff was uh, before he withdrew. Like I didn't think he was in danger of not missing out. Like I would have picked him because he's proven at international tournaments um, and over you know ten years of Europe and whatnot how good a shooter he is. Mm, um, there was yeah. even like when he left Dallas, there was like legitimate. I know fans are like they get attached to, like these end of the bench work working guys, but you know it means something that they were upset they let him go. Um, yeah, Humphreys I thought was even more of a a lock than Brokoff because he was so good and he like in the NBL and he has that size and he's when I last saw him a few years ago in Sydney with the Kings he was a borderline non-factor on offense. And he's come back and he's shooting threes now. And it's just all a bit weird. But I definitely would have had him in my squad. Yeah, yeah, for him sure. Well, sorry. Um, he's, he's basically, you know, at both ends. Like you, you talk, we talk about Motum having, you know, the range in the offensive game. But I think Humphreys trumps Motum because he's much, much better defensively. Yes. All right. Now, you mentioned his name. We might as well talk about it. Ben Simmons. Um, All right. <laughs> disappointed, but not surprised, I think is the. Yeah. The I main think that's sentiment. very fair. I think that's very fair. I think we're allowed to be, I think we're allowed to be disappointed about it. Um, but at the same time, you know, be a little bit unsurprising, but also just let, let him, he, he's 24. Let's not, let's not burn this bridge forever so that he never, ever suits up for the Boomers. Because that would be a shame. No, oh, God, no. I think I'm more positive on him than most. Because um, I, 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 you go online and you just see, I don't know the internet's oh. a terrible place anyway, but you just see like all the, oh, the, the vitriol. All the comments and like, control. Yes, uh, the, nice, good rhyme. Uh, yeah, like all the jersey burning videos and all that. I mean, it's, it's, it's even... LeBron 2.0. But even, you know, even, you know, on Australian basketball, you know, fans, they've been saying that he wouldn't have even made the Boomers squad based on his, you know, playoff performances. And I think this is, this is the sort of overreactions that don't, that don't help. (laughs) I mean, he could have scored absolutely zero points in the playoffs and he still would have been a comfortable lock in the Boomers squad. A hundred percent. He's, you know, there's just, there's, there's very few players at international level like him. And you know, it's, and that's and, that, and that's the disappointing part. In in part is that you know we've we've talked about the Boomers having these three young athletic wings in in Thibel, Exum, and Green. Throw Ben Simmons into that as well, and my goodness, what what sort of havoc? Imagine trying to get well, bring the ball up against those against those guys. Well, everyone was saying like the because when Philadelphia would play zone and it'd be Simmons and Bible together and everyone would just like extrapolate that and like, Oh, imagine that with the boomers. And there, you know, there were a few wet dreams going on just thinking about that. Like, you know, having these, <laughs> having there's like little European point guards trying to dribble against two, six, eight athletic wings. And you're right. that 
Ben Simmons, for all his flaws, is still such a unique player in what he can do at his size with his athleticism, even if he's yeah. not a, a scorer, but everything else he can do. Everyone else in the international game who can do that plays for America. So, yeah. Well, I don't know anyone else outside of Simmons and, you know, the American guys like that. I mean, you've got, I guess, Doncic, I guess, but even then, he's not he's, the athlete that Simmons is. No, that, and that's a little different. Like, he's he's just a yes. wizard with the ball. Um, it's it's at yes. the other end where you, where you probably it's it's almost a it's almost a, an opposites type thing with him and Simmons. But yeah, no, totally unique, and we're, we're definitely going to miss that. Right? I don't care what anyone says about his his NBA form or or anything like that. What he would bring to the international game, I think that's you know, and I really do hope that in in four years' time, you know, he he's comfortable enough and and feels like he can he can suit up for, for Australia. I, I really do hope. I, I I would hate to think that he would never again pull on that, that jersey for us. That that would be terrible. When he's coming off his third title uh, with the Pistons, <laughs> with Kate Cunningham, then he can feel comfortable. Um, you, you got a no, Pistons the, mention in there. you go. Well done. Yes, there we go. Um, no, with Simmons, like the thing I don't get about people, like yes, he's obviously not a scorer, um, well, like not a score first guy anyway. But they see him against NBA defenses, and they just assume he wouldn't look to score against FIBA. Like, you've got to recognize FIBA guys are not as athletic as NBA guys. He can get to wherever he wants, whereas in the NBA he might struggle, like because NBA guys they can sag. I guess the only difference with that is the, the whole three-second thing and they can just camp against him so his man can just play off. But, I mean, if you give him that space to get downhill, I don't really yeah. see... Like, he's, he's still going to get, like, 15 points a game if he really wants it. Um, and he makes good decisions with, with the ball. Guys. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. he's not going to... Like, even if he gets downhill and, you know, somebody's camping, well, he... Okay, so we've got a, a Mills or a Golding or an Ingles spotting up for three. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, I just, there's a lot of, not tall poppy, but, but, well, as soon as it was like the doubt came in that he was going to play, everyone just started like getting these worst case scenarios, like picturing him, you know, Carlton from the Fresh Prince, like shooting it against the roof or whatever. (laughs) Like, you know, he's still still one of the five best basketballers this country's got. No, no, absolutely. And I think there's some valid criticisms to be made. Like if he spends the summer not doing what he said he was going to do again and, and comes back the same player that he was, you know, a month ago, well, then I think that that, that chorus of criticism is, is right, you know, rightly justified. But if he comes back and he's spent the summer working on, you know, not even, he doesn't even have to have a three-point shot, but if he's worked on having the semblance of a jumper and he's willing to drive to the basket to score then you know okay great that's that not only helps him personally it helps philly and over the medium to longer term potentially helps australia you know for the, for the boomers so let's uh, i'm i'm more than willing to give him you know benefit of the doubt sounds sounds harsh but i think that's that's the term so let's see what he let's see what he does over the summer and and then take it from there Yeah, I think the way I termed it is, 
you know, I really want him to come back with that improvement yep. shown because I think optically it's going to look really bad if he does do the same thing oh. he's been doing the next, like the last three yep. years. And then he is the same guy. Like, like at that point, then you're like, well, what are you doing? Um, That's right. Like there was, you heard yep. all the, you heard all the stories about, you know, um, and the example I like to use is the Sixers setting him up with a shooting coach and then clutch uh, vetoing that and working with like their own coach. And at that point you go, well, you've got your like alibi in case it doesn't work. Like it's not your fault, but by taking that responsibility yourself, you've just opened yourself up to all this criticism because you've made that choice. And now you've like, it's on you now. It's not on the team. Like, yeah, um, yeah. but then also, well, I think in general, he probably isn't getting the best advice from clutch. No. And that's, that's and, and I, and I think that's part of the, the, the problem and it's something that, that I've spoken about previously in that, you know, I think the boomers might have been a better environment for him rather than sitting in an empty gym with a couple of coaches and a bunch of plastic cones, you know, hoisting 500 to 1,000 jumpers a day. Rather than that, maybe he just needs some confidence and, you know, just some freedom to be amongst, you know, some fellow countrymen and it's just you guys against the world and you get some some love and some confidence and all those things make a difference. And I think that could have really, really helped, but you know, these are the decisions he's made and I'm, I'm really curious to see how it all pans out for him. Yeah. Just some live ball confidence again. Like, yeah. you know, everyone's an, everyone's an empty gym warrior. Like, you know, we don't want him to turn into the next year, John Leon, you know, crossing up <laughs> chairs in an empty gym. Um, but yeah. Like, the thing about this squad is that outside of like those core guys, it is still very young and you've got like guys coming through as well, like Giddy, who's not even in the squad, um, Dyson Daniels. So like, even if like in the next four years, like you've still got the makings of that very good, you know, assuming Simmons plays, you've still got the makings of that very good squad. Maybe Fun Maker has a renaissance, who knows? Um, but this is definitely a squad that's got metal potential for, you know, a couple of cycles yet. Like it's, I don't think it's, all down to this one no no absolutely i just uh, I, I think you know for the next probably two olympics after this one there's there's enough in this squad currently to to go to those ones and and be absolutely in medal contention like and there's no reason why both out of probably out of the that four core of mills delhi ingles and baines three of those will, could potentially go to the next one as well like you know, i could i could easily see both patty mills and joe ingles being five-time olympians I think I think Delhi probably is, is probably the the one that's probably going to struggle to get to the next one. Yeah, and it's ironic because Delhi's the youngest out of the four, and he's only he's only thirty now. So, assuming the next Olympics is on time, he'll be thirty three. Yeah. Um, Joe, I, think, I did the math the other day. Joe would be thirty six, Spain's thirty seven, Mills thirty five. Like that yeah. math sounds right. Um, so you know, Bogut was you know, mid-30s. Baines is mid-30s now. It's not like... Yeah. It's unheard of. So, like, yeah, they, most of those guys could go around. Obviously, their effectiveness is a different issue, like what level they're at in those four years or three years. Yeah. But definitely, like, you add... There you go. Yeah, there, there, there would be, you know, I, I, I'm not necessarily advocating that they would be starting, but you would take them and their international experience alone and what they could provide to those younger guys just in, in, in terms of what they've been through previously and how to handle it, I think would be invaluable. It'd be like just having an extended coaching staff. 
Yeah, and then you add to that, you know, Josh Giddy after his third NBA season, Josh Green's four years, Ben Simmons' his yep. third title with Detroit, and you've got like the makings of a, <laughs> a really good young is, athletic. Is, is and, I mean, the Thibel also going to Detroit? Ben, is 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 that the deal? No, because I don't know what we'd have to give up for it. So. <laughs> I'd much rather a bunch of likable young guys that don't win anything than the pressure of having to win. God, that's, that's such a loser <laughs> attitude. But yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's, there's a chance it won't even be Cunningham because this is the franchise that drafted Darko, remember? So we could have just reach for some Euro. We'll might draft Giddy first. Who knows? Oh, God. No, you'll take that. Um, but then, you've, yeah, then you've also got the... Um, <laughs> The name, uh, yeah, Dyson Daniels, I mentioned, he's playing G League Ignite this year instead of NBL. That's his year because yep. he's draft eligible next year. And I don't know much about yep. him, but I imagine he's also someone that figures long-term into that sort of strategy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the next two years, you'll, you'll, you'll see him suit up for the Boomers, I think. Is he another one of those dad played over here in state or...? Yeah, yeah. So, so his dad uh, is Ricky Daniels, who uh, played for Ballarat in the in the now defunct, what is now the NBL one, but was previously the SEABL. So, Ricky was a very, very good player, um, long, long time um, professional player. So, uh, you know, the the acorns don't fall far from the oak in Australia. So, uh, just we've got another one. So, and Dyson looks really, really good. So, um, I'm I'm really excited to see what he can do over the next over the next three or four years. Speaking of naturalised Australians, I think when there was the talk about whether Thibel was eligible and then whether he was going to play or not, around the mm. same time, Bryce Cotton's citizenship debate was, you know, or his um, citizenship test was coming up, his five years or whatever it is. Yep. And I think we found out, like, it's only one naturalised per squad and Thibel, I guess, counts as that. Yeah, which... Was I, there I, any I'm reasonable not... path that Cotton makes it? Uh, probably not. I, I, I'm still a bit confused about Thieber's ruling on Thibault because I thought he met the, the dual citizenship eligibility, you know, in terms of just being an Australian citizen rather than being a naturalised one. But nonetheless, he, that's what he's listed as. Um, but in terms of a path for Cotton, I didn't really see it because I just, we already had, we already had someone better than him in, in Paddy Mills. I, I get the scoring off the bench argument and all that, but give me Thibault's you know, versatility and, and athleticism. Um, and as good as Cotton yep. is, and he's really, really good, uh, I just think he gets squeezed yep. out um, in, a, in a numbers sense. So, I look, maybe if, you know, Exum had been hurt and, and Thibel withdrew and things like all that, and, and it's all a moot point, I guess, because his citizenship still hasn't come through. But that, that would have been yep. the only way I think there was a, a legitimate path for him to make it. Yeah, my argument was always, you know, Paddy Mills is that same type of player, just better. So, yeah, and, and I mean, I you're never going to pick him over Thibault because Thibault is so different to the rest of the squad. No, exactly. And the second part of it is, we you look at you look at Thibault and and the age difference between him and, and Cotton, and you're probably only going to get Cotton for one, maybe two Olympics, maybe. Whereas if you get Thibault in now, you've probably got him for three, possibly four, and I think that. That, that should always be considered. Yeah. It, what, what about if they weren't... Um, t- like, what if... <clears throat> excuse me. 
what if Tyvel was eligible that other way and then Cotton could have come in? Does he make his role that way or not? Uh, yes, but again, it probably comes down to, to numbers. Like if you've got, if, if, if everyone's in and fit, does he make that 12? And uh, he's right on the bubble, I think. Yeah, looking at this 12 right now, um, it's probably just between him and Sobey, I'd say. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe he squeezes Nathan out. Uh, that, that, that could happen, but, again, uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a tough one. Uh, I'd, I'd still maybe even lean towards Sobey, again, just for, you know, thinking, thinking not just for this Olympics, but that, that would have been a tough, that would have been a tough cut. Yeah, like, oh, definitely would have. Uh, I mean, also, it might be moot anyway because Cotton's still injured, so. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, everything kind of worked out. Um, by the way, Cotton is two years younger than Nathan Sobey. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I did. I, I looked because I was like, I'm pretty sure Sobey's not that young. And he's, yeah, he's already 30. Cotton's 28. So, there you go. There's that future. Worried. Okay, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Sobey was, yeah. I, I actually thought Sobey was a year younger, but then of, um, I've got that wrong. Okay. Yeah, and no, I was just surprised. I, I I assumed he was in like late twenties as well. Anyway, um, mm. he, his game definitely still. I'd say earlier in his career, Sobi was more that athleticism guy that you wonder how they'll age. Oh yeah. But he's yeah, definitely, yeah. he's definitely um, matured his game, I guess, to the point where, in three four years, he would still be that threat. Whereas if he was relying yeah, no, on that, he probably. Be, Thailand. Yeah, no. So, as we talked about, I think you know the way Sobi stepped up this year. I like. I don't think anyone saw him having the kind of season that he did. Um, and I, I think he's he's certainly rounded his game a lot more than maybe we expected him to. And you know, full credit to him for that. Do Do you think he has that NBA athleticism that everyone likes to talk about? No, no. I think no. I think we're. No, I, I think we're looking at his at his ceiling now. Uh, you know, there, there's no reason he couldn't play in Europe. Um, but I think guys like him in the NBA are, you know, fairly dime a dozen. So I think you know, it's it's it, this, this is probably his ceiling. Yeah, I just always liked it when people would say he's got an NBA athleticism when they're comparing that to NBL guys, and it's just such a clear step up. Like he, he might look yeah, like a nuclear yeah. guy here, and then you put him over there in summer league, and he's just. He's mixing yeah, in. look, and it's 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 not a knock on him at all. Like I just think you know, but it, he's not going to be able to drive baseline like he and and get upstairs in a hurry like he does in the NBL. Um, he, he's not going to get out in the open floor like he does in the NBL. Um, and you know that's and that's okay. Like, like not everyone gets not everyone can can play in the NBA, but he's uh, he, he's at a high ceiling. And he's he's I think he's maximizing his his ability right now. Uh, another storyline I wanted to touch on was Thon Maker withdrawing himself. Do, do you even think he makes the squad anyway? Because I, I personally, like, he hasn't no. played in a year. Um, and when he was playing for uh, Detroit and Cleveland, Milwaukee, you know, doing the Central Division tour, <laughs> he kind of wasn't anything special. Like, I guess he probably saw the writing on the wall. Um, or he just, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, no. But I mean, I would have. It would have still made it to camp, surely. But yeah, it was an odd one. Yeah, no. Look, he he 
he might not. I, I'm not even sold that he might makes it to camp. Ben, I, I just he hasn't played enough. Like unlike you know Dante Exum, who has just clearly been working and working, working. I'm I'm just not. I'm just not sure where Thon is. You know, in terms of match fitness, in terms of his ability to stay on the court, all those things. So I think him pulling out probably that 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 spoke volumes. I think about where he's probably at. Yeah, it's always the idea of Thon is a lot better than Thon, what we've actually got, which is a shame. Yeah, bit of, uh, there's, there's a bit of Jonah Bolden about that. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, Thon would have, if Thon was playing regularly, he probably has a better shout because, again, he's another one of those unique guys. He's just so inconsistent and so, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sold... A, you know, someone like Brian Gorgian necessarily takes a takes a, a shot with with someone like with someone like Thon. I think he wants, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, prove. Sorry, I don't mean I don't mean for the twelve. But yeah. No, well, no, but even like I, I said, I'm just not. You know, if he'd been playing regularly, yeah, then he probably makes that that initial, you know, drop in camp squad. But he he hadn't been, so there was just I, I just don't think there was any chance of that happening. So we've got look the the Olympic group hasn't fully been decided yet, at least what I'm looking at. But um, Australia, Nigeria, and then the winner of these Olympic qualifying tournaments in Croatia and Serbia. It's a, it's a pretty open question, and there's no real way to answer it. Um, but but to me, this team is uh, medal contention even without Ben Simmons. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no question. I think they'll be bitterly disappointed if they don't make the final four. You know, I think, I think that's medal medal round is the bare minimum for this squad. I think um, anything less than that would be a crushing disappointment. Um, now, if if everything falls right, you know they they end up in the gold medal game and they're guaranteed a medal for the first time. Um, but you know, I I would hate for them to finish fourth again as well. I just that. This, this is really metal or bust, especially for that core group. That 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 would be shattering. Yeah, I mean, especially like you got to think the way think, not only the way their World Cup ended in that disappointing game, but also the bronze medal game against Spain game in yeah. twenty sixteen, which we twenty we won't talk about. You know that robbery. No, no. but um, <laughs> there's definitely, I guess, that external motivation. And I guess looking at the timelines, look, that I know this is probably their last good chance. Yes, yeah, so obviously the next, yeah, yeah, the, the next three years are so uncertain. Like they might still be there in twenty twenty four, but you know they won't be the guys. So no, there's they, something they, in that. Yeah. No, they, 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 there's a lot riding on this. I think they 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 all they all want this more than ever. And I think they, they know this is probably their last best chance as, as the core of this group and, and what they've yeah. been able to produce over the last three and four Olympics, over the last you know, 12 years, like this group has been the, the foundation of, of everything the boomers have done. And I just, I, I would hate for them to finish, finish fourth again. It would, be, it, it would be much worse if they didn't even make the medal rounds. But oh, yeah. I think, you know, yeah. Uh, I, I just, 
I would love them to be, you know, playing off against whoever. It's probably going to be the USA, but I don't really care who we play for the gold medal. I, I honestly don't. But I think if, ever, <laughs> if, 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 if everything falls right, this team should win a medal. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at it like this team, well, the core guys in this team are the reason for like the resurgence and the strength of the basketball program in this country. And for them to then come away, it's more an emotional thing. Like for them to come away after all that and like for them being like the reason that the the guys like Josh Giddy and, you know, Green and all those younger guys coming through and then to walk away empty-handed would just be, yeah, kicking the teeth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, The last thing I had on my little sheet here is Paddy Mills, the flag bearer. Oh yeah, yeah. That's and yes, and deservedly so. I, I I would be I'd be hugely upset and really disappointed if they didn't give it to him. I, I think you know we're talking about someone who's it's his fourth Olympics. You know, an extremely proud Indigenous athlete for Australia who's represented us so so well, not just in Olympics and World Cups, but you know in the NBA. Um, I, I think I I can't think of anyone else more deserving you know there was talk about because andrew hoy is going to his eighth olympics or whatever it is you know the equestrian but he's already been the dressage guy yes but 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 he's already been the flag bearer he was the flag bearer in in 96 in atlanta so while eight olympics is is a monumental achievement and and you know more power to him i i'd be hugely disappointed if if they didn't give it to patty mills yeah he's already done it move on yeah exactly (laughs) <laughs> I, I so friend friend of the show, Tim Ray, uh, he sent me oh, that yes. article and he was like, oh, oh, they're gonna like Mills is gonna get robbed of this again, isn't he? And then I read it and I was like, hang on a minute, he's already been the flag bearer. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, like he's just Mills is just the most positively like glo- uh, the most positively Australian global athlete I think that we've got mm. right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like not only like and- yeah, he's obviously one of the most high profile ones, but then just, yeah, he's like he, difference between him and someone like, well, another one of the global athletes we've got to like, he's just so proudly Australian. So outwardly Australian, like no one who knows him doesn't know where he's from. And I think if we're, yeah, no, if we're being exactly. dead set. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, no, him it, or, it, it's either him or we don't have a flag bearer at all. That's how I see it. Well, or, or we have him and Ingalls. How about that? Yeah, well, the four can... Well, actually, no, Baines was born in New Zealand. I don't want him holding the flag. But the other three can hold it together. <laughs> no, yeah, if it's not Mills, I will riot. Yeah, I think, I think there'll be an, up, up, an uproar if, if... And I can't really think of anyone else, like, apart from, from Hoy, who would be in contention. So, just... He's already done it. So, we, let's move on. Just give it to Paddy. Let's go. Yeah, look, if two numpties on the internet can make the call then surely the the AOC can yeah get on the blower Ben sort it out but then they'll ask me how I got their number <laughs> same way you got mine I don't want to know <laughs> um, but that wraps up any, everything I had did you have anything you wanted to add no no not at all I think this has been a really good chat about uh, about it all and um, oh, look I'm just I'm just really excited to see how this squad goes um, we've got some warm-up games to, to get a bit of a glimpse. 
and I'm, I'm really curious to see what, what Gorge does with the lineups and, and what he deploys and, uh, and then we'll get into it and I can't wait. Yes, I'm very excited to see how, especially all the new guys go, like the guys we have never seen in the Boomers at all in like, you know, Fireball and Green particularly. Yeah. I'm unreasonably yeah. excited for Fireball. Yeah, no, same. I, I think everyone is. I think everyone saw just how good he was in the playoffs. And, and I think and people who watch enough international basketball can see how that translates, you know, into, into Olympic tournament basketball. And I'm, yeah, I can't wait either. I think he's going to be tremendous. All right, so we can sign off now. Do you want to let the people know where they can follow you or do you want to keep it quiet? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, they can find me at uh, Steve Smith uh, FFX, not Steve Smith 49. That would be the cricketer. So don't go following him. He's got enough followers. Um, and, uh, and see what uh, sort of nonsense I'm spouting on, on, on Twitter. Yeah, you can follow him and then you can send him, you can comment, reply to him going, you know, disgraceful things about sandpaper and all that. Yeah, um, highly original. You can follow, very, yeah. Very <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was going to do the intro of like, it's not the cricketer, it's not the former Ravens wide receiver, and it's not the former Laker or Hawk or where, whoever Steve Smith played for. Uh, Atlanta, Miami. Know, that's all you're, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, okay. He, just, he sounded like a Laker. I don't know. Oh, um, oh. And you can... <laughs> Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Ben S. Quag uh, and the podcast at Beyond the Fence. Uh, other than that, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks and goodbye. <laughs>